Hello and welcome back to the Strong with Julie podcast. I am so excited for today's episode. We are interviewing one of my really good Instagram friends, Kat. She's going to come on the podcast and we're going to talk about her story, how she got into fitness, how she got into coaching, building her social media, all the things. And then the second half of the podcast is going to be her and I talking about our top 10 tips when it comes to hitting a fitness plateau. So we're going all in depth on 10 ways to get back on track to your fitness goals, which is kind of coming at a perfect time because you guys know I just came back from Cancun. I was there for five days with my boyfriend and a bunch of his friends from home. It was so much fun, but when I tell you, I was so not on track and that's okay. I had so much tequila. I had so much fun. I slept a lot. Uh, I did, I think, two workouts while I was there and I went on some walks, but it's so nice because it was such a nice little brain, mind, body refresh, reset, and now I can get more excited about going back to the gym, back into my routine, and this conversation with Kat is going to be fun too. So her Instagram is at liftwithkat, but let me let her introduce herself to you guys and we can get right into the episode. Hi, Kat. How are you? Hi, Julie. I'm good. How are you? Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. I'm super excited to relaunch the podcast with you on it. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to be like one of the relaunch episodes. This is good. Yeah, I'm excited. 2023. How has your week been? Um, Week has been good. Pretty standard for like a week that, you know, for me, like school, work, same, same things, but you know, it's always fun. How's how's the week been for you? I know you were just in Mexico, right? Yeah, I got back yesterday. It was kind of a very long travel day, but I think that like the best thing for me post-vacation is to just get right back into it, you know? Yeah. So I worked out this morning. I've posted something. I wrote my journal. I'm like, okay, let's kickstart it because the more I put it off, the like longer it'll take for me to restart. Yes, I agree. Like easing back into things is like one way to go about it. But honestly, I just feel so much better if I jump back into as much of it as I can at the start. Yeah, me too. Well, before we go into your story, I like to do highs and lows at the beginning of the podcast episode. So anything, let's start with the bad so then we can like go back to the good. But anything not so fun that happened this week? They just want to let out. We vent. (laughs) Honestly, it's been a really great week. The only thing, um, so I have this, they call it the capstone project. It's this final project for engineering. It's the senior year project lasts the whole year. And we're running experiments to like basically test our product. And we realized that we forgot to order a whole like set of antibodies. And we're planning on going into the lab like this week. And so we've had to push it back, make sure we can get more money to order more antibodies. So it was just kind of like a delay in the project. But um, all in all, good week. I would just say like that would be, it was a little bit like, oh, how do we look at that? <laughs> yeah. So you graduate in May? Is that when? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I graduated in May. So will that be your master's or your bachelor's? It'll be my undergrad, my bachelor's. Yeah, but we have a final project for my undergraduate degree. Cool. So you're 21, right? 21, 22? Yeah. 21. Okay. I'm, 21. I'm actually turning 22 um, this Monday. Oh, that's so exciting. This will probably launch next week or the week before so i'll give you a birthday shout out oh that's so exciting (laughs) i turned 23 no yeah wow 23 in may i feel old 
that sounds terrible, but yeah. Well, bad thing that happened to me this week was yesterday I was very hungover on my flight. I've never been hungover on a flight in my life. And I like didn't really drink that much throughout my trip. But then the last day I was like, okay, I didn't really drink that much. Like, let me have fun. Let me let loose. Went too far on Valentine's Day. Like Brett, my boyfriend did like this whole bed, like decoration thing for me. I was so drunk. I don't even remember it. I was so bad. Like I have pictures from it, but then yeah, whatever. So I had a hungover airplane ride, but I feel better. Anyways, I know you have a boyfriend. How's your Valentine's day? Um, it was good. We went out to eat and honestly, like we don't usually go out on like weekdays. So it was, it was a cool change of pace. It was good. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Well, let's jump into it. I know you've had a crazy journey, so I kind of want to just start from the beginning and hear it firsthand because we haven't really talked about it before either. Uh, but just how you got into fitness, starting your social media, all that, if you want to start from day one or, you know, if you started last year, just go through it. Yeah. Um, so my fitness journey as far as lifting goes started in college, but in high school, I was a pretty active individual. I played soccer, you know, that was like my main sport. I did cheerleading as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was just like one other way for me to stay active, you know, also kind of work on flexibility, also some strength because we were doing stunts as well. Um, and I had always kind of seen myself as someone who wasn't like a fit person. Like I was just like big boned or like my genetics. And I didn't really think that like, I could achieve like this fit strong look. I just didn't think of myself as one of those girls. So that was like my experience with like fitness and health and like my body image in high school. It honestly wasn't super great. It was just like, you know, this is kind of the body that I'm living in. I'm not super confident about it. Like, I don't feel like I have the ability to change it. And then, um, that like final year, my senior year, like social media was like blowing up with like weightlifting and like, I've seen all these like strong, badass women online and, um I just saw them and I was like oh my god I want to look like that like they have like these amazing delts like great biceps like oh my gosh like I I want muscles so my freshman year of college um I ran into someone in my dorm that actually wanted to start lifting as well and we started going to the gym together which was really great because I had like an accountability partner especially at the start when you like aren't really seeing results Mm -hmm. it can be really helpful to like have someone to like constantly show up with you Um, so that was really cool. And it was just a guy that was going to ASU, like he was training for his own goals and like, you know, um, so the workouts that we were doing, like, weren't like glute biased hip, like, you know, like it wasn't, it wasn't fancy. It was like a bro split. Like we were doing bench press, we were doing pull-ups, um, which was really great. Like those basics are so integral to my, um, lifting sessions now, but like, they weren't specified to what my goals were specifically. So Mm. that's how I got into lifting my freshman year. And then from there, like I kind of took autonomy over my fitness journey and started doing my own research because um, he actually transferred schools and um, COVID happened. So I was kind Mm. of on my own at that point. So started my freshman year of college as far as weightlifting goes. And that's when I really started having like the empowerment to actually be able to change my body and like take my fitness journey back in a way. Yeah, that's awesome. I know it's hard when you like grow up doing sports too, because it's like you get to college and you're like, now what? Like you didn't do sports in college, right? No. Yeah, me either. So I did like cheer in high school and then I got to college and I was like, 
oh, I have to do this by myself. And it's like that curiosity sparks the like initial want to like go to the gym. And then you kind of like go through that phase where you get obsessed with it. I feel like people have a similar journey in that sense. Uh, but yeah, how did COVID affect your fitness journey? Because I know that was such a weird part for me too. I like got into it a year in, loved the gym. It was my therapy and then COVID hit. And I was like, fuck, now what again? You know? Yes, yes. I had the same experience because I was about one year into, not even a full year, but yeah, like yeah. nine months into my fitness journey and then um, COVID happened. And I w- was living in Arizona. I go to ASU and I'm originally from Chicago. So I went back home mm-hmm. to Chicago for COVID and they were extremely strict about like COVID protocols. So all of the gyms were closed. So I could not like lift weights. Also, my home didn't have like really any weights. Um, so I could do like body, body weight workouts, you know, YouTube videos and stuff like that. But the way that COVID affected my journey the most, I would say would be with my nutrition because mm-hmm. it was something that I have had neglected. So like for so long, especially throughout high school. And then my first year of lifting, I was just like going with the increased appetite, kind of like eating whatever I wanted. Yeah. And so I really didn't learn much about nutrition until COVID. Definitely. And training with your accountability partner being a male, it's probably like, oh, post-workout meals, like, wait, so much food. (laughs) Yeah, I get that. Uh, But yeah, even COVID for me, it was kind of like that time where, you know, we're coaches and we teach people sometimes like, okay, not doing too much at once. So it kind of forced us to like push the weight training to the side and like really hone in on the nutrition. And I feel like I saw my most progress during COVID, honestly, because I was like only making home cooked meals, had the time to like make a really nice breakfast, lunch and dinner, not rushing. And then I was, I just had like a set of dumbbells. So me too. Uh, But yeah, did, was it during COVID that you got certified? Like at what point did you decide to go the coaching route? So it was during COVID that I actually got a coach. So I guess I went the coaching route. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's actually when I started my weight loss journey as well. So um, I started working with a coach during COVID and I just learned so much about like mm-hmm. nutrition and like how to eat for your goals. And for the longest time, like I felt like strong. Like I, you know, I played soccer. I was lifting for about nine months. You get those like newbie gains and I like felt my biceps. And I'm like, oh my God, there's muscle there. Like I, I feel strong. Like I'm lifting a good amount of weight, but I just couldn't see any of the muscle progress that I was getting because it was like, you know, I just had a layer of fat on top of my body. And that was like really frustrating to me because I was like, oh my God, I'm putting in all this work in the gym. Like I want to be able to like look fit and like, I want other people to see that. And I want to be able to see my hard work. And so the first time that that actually happened was when I started focusing on my nutrition. And that was during COVID when I had my coach. Yeah. So what do you think was the game changing thing with that coach? Was it, did you guys do a cutting phase or did you like find your maintenance calories? Were you like under eating, overeating? I feel like, you know, when you hire a coach, you really have that realization of what am I doing? Because I was that type of girl, like before Pinterest workouts, bought all these guides, but it wasn't tailored to me. So it would have like nutrition protocols, a meal plan, it would have workouts, but it was so blanketed for like any person to have that it just it never really worked for me and it sounds like you kind of went through the same thing but then when you have that coach you can talk to them one-on-one of like okay this is what I'm going through this is what I'm eating now you have that like aha moment yeah I definitely had that aha moment with macro tracking 
which taught me how to like one eat for my goals, but then it also like forced me to kind of like evaluate if what I was eating was like actually because I was hungry or if it was like trying, I was trying to cover emotion or I was stressed or something like that. So it was both like the nutritional aspect where it ensured that I was like eating enough protein and then also like eating for my goals. Because for me, I was overeating. I was just eating whatever I wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, so it ensured that I was like eating in a deficit in order to lose the body fat that I wanted to lose. And also like it helped me fix my relationship with food, which was really amazing. Yeah. So what was your relationship with food like before though? Did you like struggle with restricting? I know like for me, it was binge eating in high school and just like going through those binge restrict cycles. Uh, was it anything like that? Or is it just more like, you know, having that resistance towards food all the time? See, I really didn't feel like I was restricted. My relationship with food didn't start with restriction. I think it started with emotional eating. And for me, it was like, I was you know, a pretty high achiever in high school. Like I was doing a lot of ones. I was in like all the AP classes and as I'm sure like many people can relate and like, you know, you go through this crazy schedule and I was just overwhelmed. And I had just seen stress eating as a way to, you know, combat that. And it carried into like my first year of college just because I had done it in high school. And so for Mm -hmm. me, it wasn't like restriction, you know, I never had a cycle like that. It was more of like using food, in a way that wasn't productive for managing my emotions. Yeah. It was like a coping mechanism. Yeah. That makes sense. I know a lot of people when they get anxious, some of my girls say like when they're anxious or stressed, they tend to forget to eat. And I feel like I'm more in your realm where even now, if I'm anxious, I'm like gravitating towards like food to like a snack or something to like make me feel better (laughs) uh but yeah it's just something it comes in phases and like going through a uh like hiring a coach and having a coach or just learning more about your nutrition allows you to like recognize that whereas before it's kind of like oh it is what it is yeah yeah Definitely. So once you had your coach, what came after that? Like you went through a certain amount of months with them and then did you like decide to get certified yourself? How did that whole thing go? Yeah. So I worked with one coach for, I think it was seven months. Mm -hmm. And then I took a break for like one or two months and then I worked with another coach again. And the second coach that I worked with, um, we were just doing macros. Um, and then when I got certified, it was actually later down the road. So it was the summer of my junior year. So last summer I got certified um, as a CBT and ESM. So yeah. What motivated you to get the certification? Um, so it was after that point when I had like started social media. Um, after I started social media is when I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm learning so much. Like I'm, you know, feeling like I'm actually helping people. Like the next step for me to like, really hands-on one-on-one like take people through the fitness journey that I had gone through was to get certified um so that I could coach people yeah definitely it is cool how many people you can touch online like I have girls DMing me from like Australia or like Brazil uh Europe and it's like when I I started with uh in-person training did you ever do in-person training Actually, no, I've been fully online. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, I did in-person training. And then when I started my platform, people would reach out from these different places. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, I can't help you in New Zealand. Like, let me try this whole online thing. Uh, But yeah, 
Oh, well, thank you for sharing your journey up until now. So you've been certified since 2021, 2022, no, or 2020. 2022. 2022. Yeah, cool. It's weird that it's 2023. I know. I know. It's crazy. Well, what do you think was the hardest part? about your like weight loss journey when it came to working with that coach and then you like took a few months off yeah 100% it was like my emotional relationship with food that I needed to fix and I feel like the relationship with food is like a big thing for a lot of people at least for me like it's very easy to get to the gym because I love like lifting I love being in the gym I love like listening to the music I love like post-workout I just like like so that was really never a struggle for me it was more of the relationship with food so for me like I would you know be stressed and then I would eat and then I would never handle the problem so it would one like affect my body like you know when you emotionally eat or you overeat like you wake up inflamed, like you feel inflamed after. So it was like one hurting my body. Mm -hmm. And then two, it was also hurting like my mental health because I never processed that emotion that I was feeling fully. And I also never dealt with the problem fully. So dealing with that is like one, it wasn't just like nutrition. It wasn't just fitness. It was mental as well. It was more than just the physical, which was like a huge transformation for me to, in order to make like in order to like learn how to like process emotions healthily, like how to take action on like what the things that I was feeling, like what the things that I was feeling were. And then also like at the start, just even identifying like what was stressing me out or what the emotion was that I was feeling. That was like the hardest part of the whole fitness journey. And like, it's, it was, yeah, it wasn't easy. And like, that was like something that I like take a lot of pride in because like I really put in the work to kind of outwork that relationship with food. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like a lot of people struggle with emotional eating. Can you give us, like, I don't want to get, you can get deep if you want to, but just an example of that. So, for example, something something that you were going through, an emotion you were feeling, and how you combated that, how you, like, got to the light at the end of the tunnel for that. Because I know it's kind of, like, per situation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so one example would be, let's just do like with school. So, um, let's say it's like 7 PM. Um, I have like three assignments due. Um, I'm feeling stressed. I'm like, Oh, like maybe I could just go to the kitchen, make a a snack, like de-stress. I would like stop myself. I would literally open a document and be like, okay, what is the emotion I'm feeling? Stress. Mm -hmm. Okay. What am I stressed about? Okay. I have, um, three assignments due tonight, four assignments due tomorrow, you know, and I like have started like 25% of them, but they're not completed. Okay. What is due today? X, Y, and Z. What is due tomorrow? Like ABC. Can you schedule in time tomorrow to do tasks A, B, and C? Yes. Okay. Do it right now. Okay. Don't worry about tasks A, B, and C. So then that's out of my mind. I yeah. scheduled time to like actually think about tasks A, B, and C. And so I'm able to like release that part of like the mental stress. Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, okay, I just got X, Y, Z to do what's, you know, what can I accomplish right now? Okay. I can actually just go into all of them. Well, I wanted to go to bed in an hour. Well, what's more important, like an extra hour of sleep or getting these assignments done, getting these assignments done. And I'm going to plan better for tomorrow. Okay, great. So I fully accept that. Like, I'm not going to go to bed at the time that I want to go to bed. That's okay. Oops. I messed up. Got to release that part of the stress. Okay. Now, like what is the hardest task for me to complete? Z. All right. Let's start with Z and then we'll go into Y and then we'll go into X. 
So having this document where I can like literally just like type and like write out everything and like come up with a game plan to like actually one, identify the emotion, identify like what parts of the emotion is like actually tangible. So like Mm -hmm. those three homework assignments and like what needs to be like focused on later and what I just have to like give up as a part of the stress, which is like, you know, going to bed on time. So like really being able to like break down, identify what I can control, what I can't control, what action I'm going to take to like actually complete what I need to do. That is how I began to process it. And like, that was just like an example of what realistically would have happened. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great tip. And I think like when the thoughts and everything is in your head is when they're floating around like crazy. But the second you just brain dump them on paper, it just allows you to like take that uh, breath of release. And then after you did that, you can be like, okay, am I really hungry? And then if you really are hungry, you could get a snack. But you know, with the emotional eating, you're probably like, okay, I feel better. Now let me have some water and let me start working through my game plan. Yeah. So that's really, really, really helpful. And now like, I know you're really busy too, because you're going to school, you have your social media platform, you work alongside of coaching. Yeah. And you have like graduation coming up. How do you handle like this busyness? Do you have like a set morning routine, night routine? Can you go into that a little bit? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the way that, I mean, I use Google calendar for everything and I also use notion for everything. So I can like, that is like where I type everything out. Google calendar is just like where I schedule things. So I like don't get scheduled for a call when, you know, I'm in class or, you know, I can take a call when I'm not in class. Um, so yeah, um, that's how I use like scheduling. Um, but as far as morning and night routine goes, um, yeah, I have both. Which I, I guess I could start with, do you want me to start with morning or? You could start with your morning or you could start with your night routine. Cause I always say my morning routine starts with my night routine. Yes. Okay. You know, so <laughs> my night routine, um, the, the last thing that I'll do on my computer, I consider part of my night routine. So I'll go in to the next day and schedule out what I'm going to do in each of the blocks of my day. Um, and like what that looks like. And then I'll also like finish up any like posts that I want to like post first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is like kind of going off of like what you're saying with like your morning routine starts with your night routine, like planning ahead for the morning. So I don't feel like overwhelmed when I wake up, like, oh my gosh, I have all these things to do. When am I going to do them? It's already in my schedule, which is like one, it helps me go to bed easier. And two, like, I don't wake up with like this looming, like, oh my gosh, like, what am I like, what are things going to happen? So yes, um, you know, giving myself that in the evening. So scheduling out everything, finishing up any posts I need to do. Um, if I can do that in the evening, I will. And then from there, like I'll shower. That's when I, you know, start like the nice part of my night routine, um, shower, put on my robe. Um, I like wash my face, brush my teeth, moisturize um and i've been using like a gua sha lately and i've been putting in my freezer and oh my gosh like it is the most like ethereal experience ever like i just it's so nice and relaxing and like you know it just wakes like not wakes me up but like it calms me yeah um which is really nice and so i'll do that um and then from there like i will just you know set all my alarms go to bed my night routine is honestly pretty short and I've been using this eyelash serum at night too. So like that's part of the routine. Um, Which one? Details. Uh, let me, I, I, 
I've been trying to use Grande Lash. Every time I use it, I swear to God, my eyes get red and puffy and itchy. I think I'm allergic to it. Okay, I use Liaison Lash Bond. Okay. So um, I Does use the Volume 1 one, and I haven't had any issues with it. So, yeah. Does it, do you see a difference? Honestly, I do. Yeah. I do. So, I mean, but it also could be like, you know, placebo effect. Eh, true. I used to use... It cost me an arm and a leg, so I didn't repurchase it. It's called Rodin and Fields, I think. And my eyelashes grew so much, but I got to get back to it because, I don't know, those little parts of your night routine, like ticking off the boxes, make you feel so good about yourself. You're like, okay, I'm gua shying. Also, didn't know that you could put that in the freezer, so I'm going to start doing that. Oh, my gosh. Is it a game changer? Oh, my gosh. It's a game changer. Also, like, if you have one of the rolly ones, that yeah, is what I would recommend putting in the freezer because that will hold the cold longer than the gua sha will. Mm-hmm. I want to get the skinny confidential one. I know it's expensive, but apparently it's really nice. <laughs> I'm just going to do it for the aesthetic. Yes, yes. <laughs> do you, like, read before bed or are you a TV girl? Um, no. I I mean, as far as reading goes, I do audiobooks, and then mm-hmm. I don't – I honestly – don't even know my Netflix password. <laughs> <laughs> you just go to bed? Yes, yeah, so I just go to bed. Yeah. Uh, Brett and I have been watching Nashville before bed, but it's yes. bad because when I get really into a show, like, I won't go to bed. So my bedtime has been, like, 12 o'clock low-key, whereas I'm typically a 9.30 girl. How about you? Yeah, yeah I'm a 9 p.m. Yeah. Honestly, it's, like, 8.30 to 9 is, like, my limit. I used to be 7.30, but I'm like, that's not realistic. 8.30 is way more realistic for me. So 8.30 has been my standard the past couple weeks. Cool. That's nice. Grandma time. I love it. I'm on yes. it, too. And then how about morning routine? What time do you wake up in an ideal morning, and what do you do to get yourself no. ready for the day? So I'll wake up around 5. I'll go to bed, you know, 9, wake up at 5. Um, and then, yeah, so... I get up, I go to the bathroom, I weigh myself, I wash my face, brush my teeth. Like, those are the standard things that will happen, like, first couple minutes that I wake up. Um, And then from there, um, I'm a little bit groggy, so, like, I'll go just, like, make my bed, like, just get something to get, like, the gears turn in. Um, And then I take my creatine and my greens. So I had noticed that, like, when I had just taken my creatine, like, before my workout, I would miss it on my non-workout days. And so I needed, like, the same cue every single morning. It was, like, routines, morning and night routines are, like, a great way to, like, start building habits because, like, you have so many, like, you know, triggers that can start that habit. So for me, it was, like, after I made my bed, I'd go and make my creatine greens. And um, I don't think greens are necessary. I honestly just needed something to flavor the creatine because I find it so I find it so nasty um so it was just something that I had to make it flavored so not necessarily take greens um yeah it's just to flip through it um and then I just started doing that what was that what what brand do you use for both of them curious um creatine I either use bulk supplements or my protein because they're both like unflavored creatine and Mm. I enjoy mixing it with things um and then for greens right now I'm using beam okay what flavor um pink lemonade and and it tastes good it doesn't taste like chalky or like you know spinach um it still has the greens taste the apple cider one tastes a little bit less greens it does have like a little bit of a chalky taste Mm. um I haven't found one yet that is like 
seamless as far as like texture goes. I've tried the green. I just can't do it. It tastes so bad. Like I was one of those girls in high school. I used to take like straight up apple cider vinegar shots to like try to lose weight. Yeah. So ever since then, like once I started my health journey, I was like, I'm not putting anything in my mouth that I don't, that sounds weird, but I'm not eating anything or drinking anything that I like don't want. So I've like tried the greens and I didn't like it. And I was like, okay, there's no point of me doing this, but I'm going to start trying to venture out. I know Bomar, um, I like, I'm going to affiliate with them. They have some, I just haven't tried them. We'll see. I'll let you guys yeah. know, but yeah, you just got to get it down. Cause I'm a creatine everyday girl too. And I missed on vacation and I miss on my rest days too sometimes. So I think like creating putting that habit somewhere else would, would be helpful because it's always like with my pre-workout so that makes sense and I don't want to take that every day yeah yeah and research has shown that like you don't it's not you don't need to take it before your workout or after workout. Yeah. there's actually a slight bias towards taking it after your workout they seem like slight slightly better muscular endurance and strength if you take it right after your workout but it's not a huge amount to the point where it's like worth missing it like it's better just to take it every single day and know exactly when you're going to take it rather than to try to like really fine-tune and optimize it because the research is really not showing like a huge significant difference between Mm -hmm. two definitely when i was working with that coach uh over quarantine he was like you have to take it after your workout with l-glutamine and a protein and a like protein isolate so i was like okay just did it and then you know those things start coming out where you know just get it in when you can uh but yeah so morning routine do you typically work out in the morning then like after your greens so after my greens I will go into work so I used to work out at like 6 a.m last semester but I found that like I honestly have a, a lot of like I'm very alert mentally in the morning so I would rather use those first couple hours to work and then I'll go to the gym at like 10 a.m Okay, that's cool. Guys, Kat took this podcast interview at 6 a.m. her time, so clearly she is a morning person. That's kind of smart, though. I don't know. For me, I'm honestly still playing around with my morning routine. Like, I feel like ever since I moved to Florida, I haven't had, like, a really set one because my days are so different depending if I have, like, meetings in the morning or this or if I want to do a podcast with someone. So I kind of just have to be flexible but I do like to like at least walk in the morning. Like I feel like for you, it's, you know, making your bed and moving around and like tidying things up. It's like, I need to walk. I can't just like get up and sit down. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I use my treadmill desk. I'm actually oh, like smart. sitting on it right now. Yeah. <laughs> You're standing on it? <laughs> That's funny. I'm more productive with my standing desk too. Right now, mine's down, but I need to get like one of the electric ones because this is like a crank and it's just annoying arm workout yeah it's an arm workout for real okay cool well I wanted to go into the 10 tips that we had written down so we wrote down 10 tips to get out of a fitness plateau to start your fitness routine back up again uh and we're gonna just like bounce off each other with these and go into them from our own experience and yeah so I'll start off with number one so if you're in a fitness funk The number one thing that we think that you should do is find out exactly what you're eating. So this could be you were tracking before and then you took a little bit of a break. Or if you were like Kat and I and you were just starting and you were maybe overeating, undereating. It's important to like know those numbers going into it because you have a starting place. Do you want to go a little bit more into that? 
Yeah, if you're someone that like tracks macros and like that has been really beneficial for you, just tracking your maintenance, like seeing where that is, um, just track what you eat normally. It can be a little bit overwhelming to like try and track a deficit and then also like get back into your fitness journey. Like that can just feel like a lot because, mm. you know, deficits are hard. And then also like getting back into a fitness journey is hard. So like take it easy on yourself. Like if you're, if you like tracking, just track what you're eating in the day and don't add on the extra burden of like trying to eat in a surplus or trying to eat in a deficit. Definitely. I think a maintenance part of your journey is really underrated. Like everyone talks about cutting and bulking, but you can see a lot of progress at maintenance, especially if you're someone that was off track for a little while. For example, myself starting out, I tracked my maintenance Monday through Friday. It was like 1200 calories. Then on the weekends, it was like 3000 calories. So when I did that math and found that daily average and was able to eat that average throughout the week, obviously reverse dieting and getting my calories up a little because I was pretty low starting out. But my energy levels were way more sustained throughout the whole entire week instead of like being active, happy on the weekends and like a sloth during the week. So that's huge. Just finding your maintenance and trying to stick with them. And then the second one we said was when you're first starting out again, not to overestimate how much you can do because it's going to be really hard to hit that 100%. So if you're just starting out again and you're like, okay, I'm going to do seven workouts a week. I'm going to hit my calories every single day. I'm going to hit 14,000 steps when right now you're hitting like 3,000. It's not realistic. So it's uh, like slowly incrementing up each week. Yeah, 100%. Like, I think it's good to like jump into like starting those habits. So even if you're not, you know, getting 10k steps, like don't be, you know, a the opposite of like wanting something good for yourself, like be do what you can do 3000 do 4000. But like, be realistic that like, you can't go 100% in every single category, but at least start in them. And like, be compassionate with yourself that like, it's okay, if you're not getting 100% in every single category. Definitely. And I like to like give myself a range too. It's like, okay, I want to get three to five workouts this week. If I hit three, great. If I hit five, great. Okay. I want to hit maybe like seven to 10,000 steps. If I hit 7,000, cool. If I hit 10,000, amazing. And it's like each week you just, you know, you can lessen that gap to try to hit the higher number. And I feel like that's a good way to go about it. And then same thing with macros. It's not hitting it on the dot. I do this with my clients. I give them a range. So then, again, either way, when they're within the range, they're still uh, succeeding or they feel like they check something off because that's important. Like throughout your journey, those little checkpoints um, are what like keep the momentum going. 100%, yeah. Cool. Um, and then the third one, so sleep. So sleep is so underrated, I feel like, when we're trying to get back into a flow or get out of a fitness rut like you're like oh i just have to do it all like i gotta wake up early like i gotta you know hit an extra workout like but ultimately in order to actually like check off all your boxes during the day you need to have quality sleep like you need to be energized enough in order to one like make good food decisions because when you have dysregulated sleep you know you are sleep deprived or um you know, either just didn't get enough sleep that night, like both on the level of sleep deprivation, and then also just like under sleeping at night, we see like dysregulation with your hunger signals. Yeah. So if you're not sleeping the full night, like sleeping properly, you're not going to make as good eating decisions. Um, and then also, um, there's a study that was like, 
they compared two groups. It was like one group that slept 8.5 hours and one group that slept 5.5 hours. And the group that slept 8.5 hours, I think preserved like 40% more muscle mass than the 5.5 group. So one, it will like do wonders for your body, like your body composition as well, especially if you're like trying to get that toned look. Like we all know that like you need both muscle and, you know, a low enough body fat percentage in order to see the muscle that you're building. And sleep is so key at preserving like the hard work that you have done like throughout the day. And then also making better eating decisions and giving you enough energy to like take off your boxes like Julie was talking about um, throughout the course of the day. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Your hunger hormone, ghrelin, right? Ghrelin. It increases when you don't get enough sleep. So you might notice that like a day after not sleeping while you're just a little bit more hungry. And especially if you're in that deficit, it makes it harder to hit your goals. Uh, But tips for sleep for me, shutting my phone off, putting the night mode on, the the blue light will keep you up. Like when I also like in the middle of the night, if I wake up, I don't grab my phone because I know that blue light's going to wake me up. Like I'll just try to close my eyes. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night. It's not fun, but like I used to be a phone grabber and then I'll be scrolling on TikTok for an hour, three to 4 a.m. And that's not helpful. So the blue light is key to keep away during your nighttime routine and then also the hatch alarm clock has been really nice like your wake up also has something to do with how you are throughout the day so like having the apple alarm clock that's like this loud thing cortisol cortisol like inducing noise opposed to like the nice hatch alarm clock have you heard of it like the sunset wake up it's Mm -hmm. it changes my day i have to say it makes me a lot happier human being (laughs) Okay, I, that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. It was like 100 bucks. I asked for it for Christmas, and I got it because I was like, I'm not spending $100 on an alarm clock. No way. But, yeah, it was definitely worth it. Good. Yeah. And then the fourth thing that we wrote down was the best time to start is when you are busy because something's always going to come up. I have a lot of clients that will sign up. I'll get on a call with them, and they'll be like, okay, I want to do this, but I don't want to do it yet because I have – a wedding next week or I have uh, my son's graduation in a few weeks the time to start is now because those events are always going to happen so when you commit during that busy time you find the balance you're able to figure out how to incorporate your health and fitness goals into a busy routine so that it's not that all or nothing mindset do you have anything to say about that yeah, 100%. I agree. And yeah, you're always going to be busy. Mm-hmm. There's there's always going to be something that comes up. There's always going to be a weekend event. There's always going to be like some sort of thing that comes up at work. Like there's always going to be busyness and a little bit of like that feeling that you can't do it. So if you show yourself that you can actually like accomplish your goals in a time of busyness, like that just proves you like all the more that you can do it in a time of non-busyness if that ever were to happen. Yeah. Exactly. And like, you know, it's just really nice to see that the routine that you're doing now can truly last a lifetime. It's like your health and fitness journey is a forever journey and it shouldn't just be a three month like fat loss program and then you're done because that's how we see those like plateaus happening. Uh, But yeah. So best time to start is when you're busy. And then number five was to add five pounds to every exercise. So this is 
just really talking about progressive overload I think a lot of time we get into our comfort zone when it comes to weights in the gym and it's like okay I'm doing lateral raises I always pick up the five pounds because that's just the habit like no try the 10 pounds try this is 12.5 the the week before I went on vacation I tried 20 pound lateral raises that shit was hard that was hard I got like three reps in but it's like just trying it you know like don't be afraid of the heavier weights and we challenge you guys this week to add five pounds to every single exercise you do. And I think you'll be really surprised of how much stronger you are than you think. Yes, 100%. And also going to failure, like just, you know, shows you how strong you actually are. So like maybe you think that you're, you know, working in the eight to 10 rep range for 110 pounds on squat, but then you actually go to failure with your 110 pounds and you got it in 14 reps. You're like, oh, I'm way out of my rep range. Like just going to failure can show you that, like you can add weight like you can definitely like lift more than you think and sometimes we don't realize that until like our form is actually breaking down and we go to as many reps as we can yeah definitely can you explain to someone that like has no idea how to find their one rep max because I think like finding your one rep max is important. Obviously, you don't have to do it every single week, but having the one rep max helps you break down of like, okay, I'm doing six to eight reps at like 60% of my one rep max is like a good number to have. But to someone that like doesn't know anything about it, like how would you go about finding your one rep max in a safe, like not scary way? Pretend it's like squats. <laughs> so I... I actually don't trust one rep maxes, but yeah, you can choose the weight that you're working at, like like at 60 to 85% of your one rep max. But the way that I do test going to failure and seeing like what my max is, mm-hmm. is with a specific rep range. So okay. for example, um, this week I was doing hip thrust for 315 and I was like, oh my oh. gosh, 300 club, let's go. <laughs> um, and I theoretically was working in the eight to 10 rep range and I was like, okay, well, like, this is a new weight for me. Like, let me see, like, how many reps I can actually do. So my first set, I just took it to complete failure. I ended up getting, like, 12 reps. Um, and then I was like, okay, well, maybe I can actually do more than 315. Mm-hmm. Um, I just completed, you know, the exercise for that um, session. And then, you know, next week, all right, if I'm still hitting 12 for all of my sets for that movement, then I'm going to increase the weight because I'm out of I'm past the top of my rep range. Then I would add more weight to bring me down to the bottom of the rep range. So did you do the hip thrust this week yet? Um, I haven't done them yet this week. 325? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I think you could do it. <laughs> well, I'm going to look on your Instagram and see if you end up doing it because I'm excited. <laughs> I haven't been like heavy, heavy hip thrusting lately because I work out at my apartment gym a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's like... They don't have, we have a Smith machine and they only have like two 45 pound plates. So I'll like try to stack them all on. But I also have a gym membership at, it's called Around the Clock in Florida. Have you heard of it? Mm-mm. It's, it's nice, but I need a, yeah, I'll probably start going there. This year I have like all these like weights that I want to hit for like bench. I want to do 135. Have you done 135 yet for bench? No. Oh my uh, gosh. No. I'm no. stuck at 115. I cannot get past 115. I tried to do 135 the other day, and Brett was spotting me. I swear to God, he was, like, really... When he spots me, he, like, really won't help until I'm, like, help, you know? Whereas me spotting him, I'm, like, holding the bar the whole time, scared. But 
it was stuck on my boobs and I got like a little bruise. <laughs> it was bad. I was like, you know what? We're going to wait a month because that it's just not happening right now. Oh, all I want to do is bench a plate. <laughs> I want to bench a plate so bad. In due time. In due time. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, okay. So going into number six, this is jumping back to the macro tracking. So something that I have my girls do if they're feeling like overwhelmed with like getting back into the flow of things or we've just had like maybe like a week of inconsistency is tracking three days instead of seven. Mm-hmm. So I know it can feel overwhelming to like be like, okay, I got to get back on track. I got to start tracking every single day. And like, that is sometimes not realistic, especially if you've been off for a while and you haven't like consistently tracked, fully tracked one day. So just being like, yeah, I'm going to track Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I'm going to have it planned out the night before. And just knowing that you can absolutely nail those three days is one of the things that you need in order to like kind of get that motivation back again. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's important. And then another thing is like when you're working with a client for a while, do you ever like wean them off tracking? I know that's not something that a lot of coaches talk about too much, but I know for me, it's kind of like, okay, once you put your reps in with tracking, you want to get to that point after you've been working with a client for maybe like 12, 14 months, like, you know, let's take a step back and uh, like have a little more like food freedom. Cause I don't know, I like tracking personally, but some people, they don't want it to be their whole life, like weighing things out. And once you've done it for a little while, it's like you can eyeball four ounces of chicken easily. So I would like do like, okay, you have one untracked meal a day. Do you do that at all? So it depends on what the client wants. Yeah. Like yeah. you're saying if the client wants to like kind of live this, you know, untracked lifestyle after yeah i'm gonna give them the resources to do so but some of my girls love tracking but i also understand that like some people don't want to track for the rest of their life so yeah we'll start you know giving them the education in order to be able to live an untracked lifestyle if they like yeah i'm like that type of person that it's a tool in my tool belt and i try to teach the same thing that i can whip out whenever i want it you know, like I could take a little break from it. And then if I feel like I'm getting out of hand, like me post vacation, I'm like, okay, let's track for a week, get back on track. And then like, we'll go from there. Cause it's kind of like refinding that maintenance just makes me feel a little bit better. Cause I know like that's the amount of calories that makes me feel good. But again, it's like I could track for three days and then four days of the rest of the week, kind of just eyeball it. And another thing is like, I just posted about this being boring when it comes to your fitness and your nutrition is really helpful in the beginning, like eating the same types of meals every single day, like having it being like the basic macros. Um, it just like won't make it 10 times easier going into it. Yeah, 100%. Cool. Um, okay, so number seven, kind of what we were talking about with um, just tracking three days to kind of like ignite that motivation. Um so seven is igniting, reigniting your motivation. So I know we all hear is like discipline is more important than motivation. And I think there are like truths to that. But honestly, when I hear this quote, like I don't feel inspired by it. I think it's a little bit of BS, like in my opinion, um, uh-huh. because if you're not motivated to get to your goal at the end of the day, like you are not going to get there you're probably going to fall off track so even though you need to do things when you don't want to do them you need to still have a little bit of fuel on your fire to get to that end goal and sometimes when we're off track like 
we, we lose that motivation. And sometimes we don't even believe that we can accomplish what our initial goal was. Mm-hmm. So reigniting that motivation, getting re-inspired, like going through, like sometimes even if you want to like script out, like what your ideal, you know, what your goal is. So like you really lean into that and like step into like what that goal is for you. Um, however you want to reignite that motivation, it is important, especially if you've been off track for a while, because sometimes we lose that spark and we can't just rely on discipline because we don't even have the motivation to do the things that we want to, you know, do mm-hmm. on a day basis. So reignite that motivation, discipline, greater than motivation, a little bit of BS in my opinion. Um, I will like, it's good to kind of get re-inspired and also remind yourself like why you started. Yeah. I love that. I never really thought about it that way. I think for me, when I say discipline over motivation, I'm thinking like in the moment, you know, like when your alarm goes off, you're not thinking, oh, my goal is to lose 20 pounds. You're thinking, damn, another 20 minutes of sleep sounds really good right now. And that's kind of like where the discipline kicks in when like that, those like angel devil on your shoulders, like the devil starts talking like, oh, like let's hit the snooze button. Like discipline's the one that like tears that down. And then motivation will come back up when I'm like thinking straight again. And it's like, oh, this is why I am disciplined because I'm motivated to like get to that end goal. So I think like they kind of work in tangent. It's not even like you said, I don't think it's one over the other. I think they need to work together in order to like eventually achieve that goal that you have like down the line. Yeah, that's a cool way to look at it. I never looked at it like that. Yeah, it's like an ebb and flow. Whatever's inspiring yeah. you in the moment. If sometimes you're like, yeah, I'm a beast, like discipline, like I'm going to get up, like no matter what, like lean into that, like use that. And then if you're like, oh my gosh, like I can't, I, I don't feel like hitting my macros today. I don't feel like going to the gym today. Like if it's multiple things in a row, like maybe it's time to like kind of get re-inspired and like remind yourself yeah. why you do all those things. So Definitely. ebb and flow, lean into what is inspiring to you in the moment. But that was just a little tidbit that's been good for me. <laughs> Um, okay. Number eight. So if you are feeling overwhelmed, you're like, all these things, you know, have to get done, you know, dial down to the basics. So sleep, water, quality, nutrition. We talked about like macro tracking, like dialing down to the basics with that, like just doing three days, but like kind of like what we were talking about before, there's other things like need to happen in order for you to feel like just energized and like not feel like, you know, not good during the day. So Sleep is one of those things, like setting a like bedtime. Like I know it may seem childish, um, but like just being like, yep, uh, 9 p.m. or whatever is realistic for you to go to bed, I'm shutting my phone off no matter what. And if you actually like follow through on that, that's what starts building up your confidence again because you're like, you're keeping this promise to yourself. And a bedtime is like a really easy way to start building up your confidence about like, mm-hmm. you know, your journey. So sleep getting in good water, getting in quality nutrition. So your greens, like, I don't, I'm not meaning the powder. Like I'm meaning like actually like getting greens in, um, and like hitting your protein, like eating the foods that make you feel good. Um, those are the three basics, sleep, water, quality, nutrition, and then start adding in your workouts when, you know, you have those sustained. Yeah. I like that. It's like three things, three easy things to knock out. And I think another thing that like doesn't even have to do with your nutrition or your actual workouts is like, keeping your environment clean because I can get in my head and I like get really overwhelmed like if my bed's not made or if I have like clothes everywhere my closet like my environment is a pure representation of what the heck is happening in my mind so I need to like take the time to clean stuff up and yeah 
like that is really helpful and it's like if I have my like cute little workout outfit put out like once I make my bed and then I have my cute workout outfit like those little things those little ticks like really help you like just achieve your like day goal and then you know when you win the day I always say like when you win the day you win the week when you win the week you win the month when you win the month you win the year so it's just like those little things add up one day to day you could be like oh it doesn't matter if I like don't put my laundry away right away like it really does. It does. Like it motivates me when I put, I, I'm saying that and I have laundry, but I got to do, it's like the post-travel laundry, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's three loads right now going through. <laughs> I'm going to do it yeah. after this. <laughs> yes. Um, that post-travel laundry is, is a task, but yeah. such a, such a good point about like your room, like keeping your space clean, because that is like, you're like, that's your temple. Girl. Yeah. Like, you like that is a representation of like your mind like when you have a clear space like literally science shows that you can think clearer so if you like take the time like I always think of it as like a self-love habit like I actually kind of like like cleaning and reorganizing because like I feel so refreshed after so that's such such a good tip definitely I'm a 10 minute tidy girl like I'll put three songs on it and I'll like make a competition with myself this sounds weird but it really helps and be like okay how much can I clean in this 10 minutes and then I like usually just keep going because I'm jamming out like I put I say hey Google play me the cleanup playlist and they have one on Spotify it's so good it's like all 2000s like just jams so you're like singing and cleaning anyways what's number nine I can go on forever yes that's so good 10 to 15 minutes start doing something um yeah. Okay. So nine is use your lifting session um, to like meal prep or schedule in like your daily tasks. So mm-hmm. like we said, like nutrition can really take you so far as far as like your feelings go, like your hormones, like your energy levels, um, like the results you're seeing. So um, using your lifting session to kind of set yourself up for success as far as nutrition goes is in my opinion, like a tool that you can whip out when, you know, you're feeling overwhelmed or you're feeling like you don't have enough time. Like rather than hitting five sessions, go for four, rather than hitting four, like do three and use that extra session to prep your ingredients or schedule in when you're going to go to the grocery store or schedule in when you're going to meal prep. Like really just having a clear schedule can give you the ambition to kind of get back on track as well. So use that extra one and a half hours to like do something productive for yourself. I think that's huge. And I did that for myself. I was a six day a week girl. I took out my like Wednesday workout because now I go to the grocery store Sunday and I'll like retouch Wednesday night after work. So then like I have the foods in my pantry to like set me up for success. I think that's like the biggest tip ever. Like five days a week is it's awesome. Like that's perfect amount for your workouts, like three to five days a week. And then like having in that extra meal prep, because I don't, I don't know, like I'll, I do the frozen foods sometimes, but like having fresh fruits and vegetable, like they just hit different. Like, so I need to retouch midweek for sure. Yes. Yes. Cool. And then the last thing that we wrote is 
get a coach. And I know we're both coaches. We've been there before. We started our journey. We try to do it ourselves for a few years, but I can honestly say I've had three coaches so far. Like even as a coach, I've had a coach because I think there's nothing compared to that accountability and we're all always beginners. Like I'm learning something new every single day when it comes to my own personal health and fitness or just like as a whole. And it's really nice when you have that teacher, that mentor, that coach to help you walk through the process because it's freaking hard to do it by yourself. Like I get it. That whole year, I feel like I didn't waste the year, but I could have had a lot more progress if I like had that coach because I was looking up like Pinterest ab workouts and just like doing like Alexis Ren's ab workouts on YouTube. And like, that's cool. That works for her. But she probably has a coach telling her to do that. And then she's telling us to do that, but it's for her. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I am such a big advocate for getting a coach. Like the best athletes in the world have a coach. The mm-hmm. best business people in the world have a coach. Like you need a coach. I have a coach currently. And like, even though I am a coach, that doesn't mean that I can't benefit from someone else, like giving me protocol to do and like being there for me when things get hard and like having yeah. that extra accountability and consistency with them. So sometimes you just need someone to like look at you from the outside point of view and be like, Hey, here's a couple things that we can really easily change to like really make you a good amount of progress. And you can't really see that on your own. So mm-hmm. huge advocate for coaches. I have one now I've had three actually as well. Yeah. Um, and it just, it really, makes the world of a difference because sometimes you just really need someone to be there for you. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's a different level of motivation and accountability. Like on those days that you don't want to show up for yourself, you show up because, you know, your coach is there uh, cheering you on. And I think another thing when it comes to coaches, it's kind of like a therapist. Like I started therapy last year. I'm not doing it right now in Florida. I need to figure out my insurance, to be honest. But um, like, it's like you get a therapist and sometimes you don't mesh. You know, you're going to find, I had my second coach, like I did not, like it was just a weird relationship. It was a guy too. Like, I think I prefer a woman coach and it just like, I don't know, it wasn't working and that's fine. Like you got to shop around a little I don't know you got to find someone that you relate to on a deeper level because don't forget it's personal and then it's coach like your coach has to be there for you if like something happens or you know like I don't know for example I had a client who had a death in the family last week like I was there for her in a different way other than like pushing her pushing her it was more like okay you know this week's not for pushing forward this week's for like taking a breath and like grieving and reminding her that it's okay that we're not going to the gym this week you know like let's uh just take a breath and you know move through because we fall forward I always say that like you're falling you're falling forward like we're moving forward we're learning from this and yeah so that's huge anything you want to wrap up there before we get to our two favorite things I always do this on every episode so I don't know. I th- I think I told you before to have them ready, but if not, I can go first and spark your uh, creativity on that. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I think you said it great with the coaches. Like, you need someone to be there for you, like, emotion-wise. I mean, like, at least for me, like, my journey was very, like, emotion-based. Yeah. So I needed someone to, like, work on, like, that part of the side of things. So, yeah. Um. I think you need else. It on the head with that. I'll let you go first with the two things and I will come up with mine. <laughs> okay, cool. So 
favorite things segment. This could be literally anything. Makeup, like activewear, an exercise, literally anything. Mine, my number one is going to be the maracuja, which I'm pretty sure it's pronounced maracuja. My mom's from Brazil and it's like a fruit. Lip, like plumper thing. Do you have it? Yeah. From Tarte? It's so good. I have four of them. I have them like on in every single purse. I have one in my car. Like I'm obsessed with it. And I got my lips done a month or two months ago. Uh, or, you know, actually four months ago, I got like half a syringe. And then I like went back with my mom like last month and got the other half with her. And I'm obsessed with them. But my lips like still low-key get dry. And that, I love it. I love it so much. So that's my favorite right now. I got it in Sephora or at Sephora. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Have you tried their lip, ma- lip mask? No. Should I? Yeah, it's good. It's good. Okay. I, I'm a Laneige girl at night. I like put the Laneige. I use the candy one. And then for the maracuja, I use, I think it's called Blossom. I think. Don't quote me on that. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. I think that's actually what I'm thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, okay, so then, so is it two things? Yeah. Okay. Um, mine, I would say the first one is the ice guasha, um, ice mm-hmm. roller. Um, love that. Just is great in the morning and in the evening, like wakes me up um, or like kind of calms me down, which is good. Just It's just a nice sensation. Um, and then the second one, I have actually really been liking skateboarding a lot to oh. class. I started learning how to board my freshman year of college and it was like, really fun then because I had a bunch of friends that boarded and stuff like that and then I haven't really been using it much because I've been walking a lot but I have this like one time crunch where I need to skateboard a class and it just kind of reminds me like of how fun it is like just to have like my music in to like be able to board a class like very um like west coast vibes but like it's really really fun and yeah it was just kind of fun reigniting that that love for it Oh, that's cool. I wish I was coordinated enough to do that. I would be so bad at skateboarding. Oh my god, I need to try. But I used to have a ripstick as a kid, and I was pretty good at that. I don't know. Maybe I can try again, but that sounds nice. Maybe a longboard is for me. It's like bigger. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, my last favorite is going to be I've been testing out free or vegan protein powders because I just like want to find a really good vegan protein powder I'm not vegan none of that but uh I don't know I have a lot of my clients are vegans or they just like eat plant-based or have an intolerance to dairy so I wanted to be a concierge of uh, vegan protein powders and I found a really good one and I'm proud of myself because I feel like not a lot of people know about it it's called I'm not affiliated at all it's called free soul it's a British company, I think that's how, I don't know, it's like in Europe, it's all woman's based, and it's this like chocolate protein powder, it comes with like this bag, it tastes, it takes like five days to get shipped to you, but it's really good, and it like doesn't taste chalky, like you know how vegan protein powders just like taste weird? Well, Kat, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, this was awesome, can you just pimp yourself out to everyone, like tell them where they can find you, any last words, piece of advice, all yours um yeah so you can find me on social media platforms um i'm currently on instagram tiktok uh youtube shorts so follow me over there it's just men over there right now i don't know why it's getting pushed <laughs> to men so we can use some girls over there. um and all the platforms are lift with cat so that's my handle um 
and yeah, cat C A T. And yeah, um, I guess the closing word would just be like, you can do it. Like if you're dealing with emotional eating, you're inspired by like anything that we talked about, like we believe in you, like you can absolutely accomplish what you want to do. Um, and I hope this was helpful. <laughs> yeah, I hope it was helpful too. Well, I hope you have a good day and happy early birthday. I'll make sure to uh, post it, post your birthday shout out. It'll be on the like at strong with Julie Instagram. And then like, I'll also put it on Julie XFit too. So check it out there. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks.